You are now checked in to Stand Up New York Labs. Oh, yeah. Welcome to Guys We Fucked. <laughs> Guys We Fucked. Guys We Fucked. I'm Christina. I'm Corinne. We're sorry, sorry about, about last night. night. Coming to you from Stand Up New York Labs. Guys We Guys Fucked. We the anti-slut-shaming podcast. <laughs> I never stop. <laughs> Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Guys With Fucked. The anti-slut-shaming podcast. We're in New York City. Maybe you are, too. That's cool. Thanks for listening. Thank you. uh, I'm Corinne. I'm Christina. And we're sorry about last night. Um, For once, I'm actually not. I got a lot done yesterday. Did you really? You sent me long paragraphs of emails. Oh, because I was up all night working. I was like, you're like a little secretary. Yep, that's what I did last night. So yesterday, I I actually got some stuff done. But I don't get stuff done like normal people. Like, I went home and I took a nap from about 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. And then I woke up and did work until 4 in the morning. Wow. But that's what I do. That's pretty productive. That's how I roll. That's a good way to use your time. I don't. I can't do work when other people are doing things around me. Um, I like to wait till it's just quiet. Like when, it's just, when mice are at play. Well, when it's just me and the mouse. I was gonna say. <laughs> Literally, the moment my you name them roomie. This is it's just one now. It's one one rogue, lone mouse. It's one rogue mouse. He was straight up chilling next to this fifty dollar fresh cab stuff I got. The stuff that I told you that smells like Christmas trees. Yeah, he was the one. The thing that's supposed to kill him. Yeah, he was just hanging out. He's like, mm, that smells good. Yeah, cool. he was like, what I love got? Christmas. What else you got, bitch? Oh my oh, you god! Oh, got little traps with cheese in them. Hilarious. <laughs> he was really cute. Though. It's a MacGyver of mice. Um, that's fine though. How's uh, your sex? <laughs> My how's my sex? How's your sex? Uh, I mean, when I have it, it's good, but it's like I, I've been. I haven't had sex. Up. I mean, well, I mean, like I'm saying, like I haven't had sex in forever. Okay, it's been like a week, um, <laughs> a week, a week and a half, something like that. I mean, the last person I had sex with was Craig Mahoney. I think. Oh, I think I'm pretty sure. We're pretty sure it happened. I mean, I don't even know if. We, yeah, that's it and happened. that's so unclear in and of itself. You know, life has so many mysteries. The thing is, one he, of them is, did I fuck Craig Mahoney or not? And maybe you'll live to see the day that you solve that problem but maybe he has not. been texting me non-stop like he pretends Word? he doesn't like it but he doesn't text me about sexual stuff he just texts me like things and i'm like i'm sorry just like that sign is green just so you know yeah i was like i'm sorry did i want to hear about your life no that's Aww. why we just had sex like no you like when people tell you guys st- are like lucy and desi when people tell stories i'm like i'm sorry i didn't i don't remember knighting you my boyfriend <laughs> shut the yapper what are you doing you gave him permission to talk oh keep boy. talking oh talk, talk, goodness talk, talking. gracious i mean he's great you got he was very excited because he got some followers on Good. Twitter. Um, and a lot that, of girls thinking. I mean, there was one I, was that hottie. I saw. He, he he is a hottie. Yeah, ladies. The, yeah, he's ladies. A, he's a hottie. If you like long stories, <laughs> I don't. I do. I'm not a long long story. Tell me every detail. See, the what only color was everything. <laughs> Like, I, I once thought John Steinbeck was my favorite author, and then I realized most of his books are much longer than The Pearl, and I was so upset. <laughs> That's your criteria? Yeah. Well, I mean, just get to the point. Yeah. I get it. I get it. That's what I'm like. Even Charles phone. Dickens. I mean, he's a he's a top-notch writer. What happened this weekend? Did I did I hang out with you? I don't remember. I'm trying um, to, like, recap my week. I don't think anything really happened. I don't happened. think so. I did call me all We weekend. went to Hump. Oh, yeah. On we went, Sunday. We went to the Hump Tour so Film much Festival. So much fun. Oh, man. Guys, if you don't know what that is, well, number one, thanks for not listening to last week's episode. Yeah, Jess. Way, um, way to reveal yourself to us. <laughs> and I number see two. your true colors. 
<laughs> anyway. Number two, uh, it was great. Although I will say, not the best thing to do on a Sunday afternoon when you haven't had sex in a week and a half. I was like... <gasps> Were you really horny? I was so horny. And yeah. then and then I just peed and I was like, oh, I think that was actually just it. I had to do a benefit show for children after that. Oh, that's right. It did not go well. I'm sorry about that. They don't think I was... They didn't think I was funny at all. And then I did another show after that and everyone thought I was really funny. So I was like, was oh, it- I should kill myself. No, never mind. Life's great. Wasn't it like an all- a fa- Harrison was on that show. Harrison yeah, Greenbaum. Yeah, he killed. Was- uh, <laughs> he, he, did he did great. He said he didn't do that well. He said he the crowd did- was tough. Yeah, it was, it was tough. It was tough. But he's always great. Um, it was for a fashion high school. So- for a scholarship. And I had like rape jokes about how, you know, college is raping me in the ass with the money. And it's just like all the jokes I had, like, you know, black people selling candy for drug drug money on the subway. Like it was all black people. I'm like, I was going to say it's, it's fashion high school. Ugh. I was like, that sounds but like But as a-, a comedian, you got to not give a shit. Right. You can't care who's in the audience because right. they probably will think you're funny, whatever you say, as long as you own it. And I just, I, I don't know. I was, I was scarred from that long, long time ago where I just did awful. So I was like, oh. But the second try redeemed myself. Yeah, and also Gotham's like a way. When you don't perform on a stage regularly, it's a little tough to like. It's you yeah. know you you have that home court advantage when you're in places that you play in. Oh often. my god, absolutely. Grizzly Pear, I was like, oh, Grizzly Pear. I mean, come on, killed it. That was amazing. Um, yeah. Well, I'm gonna save most of my really personal stuff to talk about with our guest. As a, oh, I, my I god. need some advice. Yeah. Well, we have the perfect guest on today. Yeah. I can't. I'm so excited well the thing is this is a dream this is the thing christina has been talking about this week's guest for like since we started since, the podcast yeah. since before, before. It. and i'm gonna be straight up because this is about honesty i don't know who he was but no, I, i'm trying to be honest with you right now literally like, so honest everyone i know my mother like when i told my mom and like when Fire reacts strongly to something like i know it's quality right because she doesn't she's not you know she doesn't get real she's like me she doesn't get excited right. about things that do not you know Earn like, here's a million dollars cool yeah she so she was like he is a legend yes he is he is like a just, hero yeah my roommate i thought might might cry when i yeah. told her yeah i actually i think i'm gonna have to get something signed i don't know what <laughs> i'm gonna have to find something no why well, I, I can't give, give my roommate tit. my tip here's my tip there's so little of that i need sad. to keep it for myself <laughs> you know I'll shave off some of mine. I got a no, catch. I won't. But a fun thing, I mean, I don't know what this has to do with anything, but I will say yesterday I was thinking maybe I could have sex. I didn't, but I did take a shower and then um, I have Yay! A, no, I have a vanity now. <laughs> so that in my new apartment, I have a vanity, which was has been oh, a lifelong dream because what a princess. I, I dream love vanities. <laughs> and I just want a table with a mirror on it. No, well, because it's exactly bed level, so now I can get like a full body look oh. of myself like all the time. And I was, love that. And I like turned around and I was like, uh, "Damn, girl, you looking pretty good." <laughs> I've been working out a lot, but good. you like, do look good. Um, like you know, I can tell how I look from like the back, like if if it's like fat coming out over my ass, or if it's like an actual like shape. And I was like. <laughs> Um, you that's, look fantastic. It's a curve. And then I fell asleep um, and then just cleaned up some mouse poop. So that was kind of wasted. It's a good day. I actually I don't. Wasted. I broke my mirror in my room a while ago. Uh-huh. And I don't have a mirror in my house except for my bathroom. And what? I thought I thought that that would be weird because uh-huh. I have to look at what I look like, like outfit wise to make sure I don't look like shit. I need now, to make sure the shoes go with the pants. My life has gotten a little better now. Yeah. All I look at is my face to like paint on it. Well, the face is the most important. Don't you feel like I, I, I don't need a full body anymore because I'm like. You know, you know I don't judge like. myself harshly in mirrors anyway. Like, I don't give a shit. But uh, it's life is a little better without a full body mirror. I gotta say. Yeah, but what if things just get I completely like out of control? Ignorance is bliss, baby. Oh, God. See, I don't... I mean, it is, but then I, I'm too much of a control freak to do that. I mean, I have a bathroom mirror. 
I could see. I could. See, ju- I could jump up and see my well, body. Well, I just for end up seconds. standing on the sink though. If oh. that's a thing. Oh, so many times I've stood on the sink. Sometimes I see. I'm on the always toilet. standing on things <laughs> just to get a full full view of it. That's funny that you said that though, because there was the other day when I was at the gym, and I this older woman and I we stood next to each other, and we did make up together in the mirror silently for like 15 minutes. We didn't say a word to each other, and I, in my head, I the whole time I was thinking, this is fucking pathetic. This is fucking so sad. You know. I, mean, I kind of have that when I you know we see girls do doing? their makeup on the subway yeah but like it's not I don't know why I feel like that's weird like it, I'm like why are you doing your makeup I, on the I am that girl so right I, but I don't know why I think it's weird it's, I just I can't do my makeup in public because I don't want people seeing me paint on my beauty oh you know I don't saying? care <laughs> see I don't care there's there's only specific like I'll I'll w- l- l- walk around looking like a hot mess like all the time there's only yeah. specific people that I care about what like that, that they can only see the good career right because they otherwise it's like like my co-workers do you have hiv just get yeah they get they cancer? get leukemia current all should the time we do, should we do is a that, walk for you that's probably not i don't i don't really care do you have a, do you i have mean a worm? i care if you have leukemia but uh that's gonna be offensive we'll get some emails about that um so let's <laughs> let's read a couple um of the comments because i know we've been oh, i don't yeah. want to neglect the listeners you Those guys are mostly emails you have in your hand, have by the been way. awesome um we got a really interesting one uh called whore to prove help yay uh it says i was in a previous relationship where we had sex everywhere and did everything but we weren't compatible as a couple now i'm in my almost two-year relationship that started rocky but now we are great except i've turned into this prude and that's totally not me and he's a complete whore um i think you mean sexually explorative uh which i think is just super anyway (laughs) we've had great sex before but now he's trying to introduce squirting and butt play and gagging and rim jobs and i'm like i want to but i'm feeling like i've got writer's block but for fucking help any advice by the way found your show by accident love 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 it you two are the greatest oh yeah by the way i'm 32 and he's 24 interesting side note he's great responsible and caring though he can be super emotional sounds emo um signed your token black female listener port city girl thanks girl thanks um sorry that you're uh feeling a little writer's block in the puss yeah is that that makes sense that analogy makes sense i don't know i think that it, it either it's one of two things like uh, one thing that could slow down my sex drive is birth control sometimes when i'm on birth control it right just, i just don't have it it just gums and waves right and it has been when i i've been on it for three months actually someone wrote in asking what birth control i'm on i'm on low low estrogen it's the only birth control that doesn't make me a raging bitch right which is wonderful but the sex drive has gone down a little uh, not that much. So maybe that, or you're not attracted see, to it. See, I've been on birth control since I was 18, so I don't even You don't even know. know. For me, I'm... But o- you're a pretty horny gal. I'm always horny. <laughs> the thing that makes me not horny is being tired or being distracted or by being comedy. Hungry. No, hungry? Oh, when I'm hungry, I'm the horniest. Really? Because for me, I always am like, if hungry you want to fuck dick. me, don't feed me. Like, for real. That's really? Because like, it, for me, it's the same... It, 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 so one or the other? Yeah, it's one or the other. Really? After sex, let's go eat. But if we have sex, so before, in your relationship, are you? Do you like not eat as much? No, I just eat, I eat more. Eat and then fall asleep, and then we don't have sex, and then oh. the relationship falls apart. Obviously. Yeah, that's like when Steve and I were like, "Do we want to order Chinese food or do we want to have sex later?" Mm, you gotta make that compromise. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's usually food. I mean, like, I don't know. It's been so long since I've been in a relationship, and then but I don't know. Maybe uh, if if the boyfriend is asking you to do introduce squirting, I don't know how you introduce squirting. Although, 
You're they, either a squirter or you're not. Although, not everyone can eh, squirt. Actually, no, I take that back, actually. Steven technically introduced that to me. No, I remember, yeah. So maybe you can. But you, the guy really has to know what they're doing. Not everyone is not, like it's but not, everyone's different. Everyone's it's not like a thing that everyone can do. There's though. not a button. Not a hundred. You press and it's like singing in the rain. You know. Um, oh, this commenter. I keep okay. Well, wait. Are we supposed to give advice? This I'm just not sure what to say. Oh, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> this is why we're not good at giving advice. I mean, we're not. We're not. I would communicate. Givers. Like, what do you want? Are you? Are, is your sex drive lost completely? If so, why? Like, you just got. It's all about getting to the root of why. Maybe it's because he wants her to do things that she's like, dude, no. Yeah, it's too much. I mean, well, I mean, I think it's a lot of pressure. I think our guests, I mean, it's, you know, try anything once, yeah. and so try it. I mean, unless it's like something that you like, and unless he's like, I want to cut you. I mean, I would let someone cut me, but really lightly, yeah. cut you, yeah, with a knife. Mm-hmm. So you like the porn? Okay, all right, like like rougher. Yeah, in fact, like well, an actual knife. You know, yes, an actual like, knife. Kill you, like kill you in your bed with a knife. No, not kill. Not like I'm not gonna like let someone slit my throat. But like if they wanted to cut like a little bit, so like Why a little not? blood came out, that wouldn't bother me. Interesting. I guess it's on it's my like arm. Similar to the pouring the wax. Not on my face, but that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, no, can't do that. I don't know. I think blood is sexy. I also have the a dream of dating a vampire. You are, yeah, yeah, I'm a little gothic. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. What would you say to this girl? Um. Well, just try. I would say try it. None of those. Try it. None Communicate. of those things sound too crazy to me. Honestly, uh, butt play. And you might. And you might discover something that you like that you didn't know you liked. Yeah. All thirty two. Just fucking do it. Just try it. He's twenty four. He. I mean, maybe he, have like a safe word. I don't know. Yeah. Of course. Have like a notion or like either a word maybe that you say that it's like too much. Don't stop. Like whatever yeah, the word is, like Al Gore or you know whatever. I don't <laughs> or know. just say, hey, stop. I feel uncomfortable. <laughs> Well, yeah, sometimes it's like, stop, no, don't stop. Right. You know, one of those things. Right. I don't know. Um, the only thing I could say is like, some people have a problem with gagging because if they've been in, in previously like a uh, an abusive relationship. So I can see that. Yeah. Uh, like I know a girl like that. Other than that, I don't know. I think it's totally fine. Um, all should, right. Shall we bring on our guest? Our guest has just arrived. So oh, my, I'm so excited. We are going to bring him on and we'll see you in a sec, guys. Bye. Bye. We're not worthy. We're not Hello, thank you so much for coming. Host My pleasure. Of the Savage Lovecast. I'm so excited. We were talking about Hump and how much we loved it. Oh, I'm so glad you got it to was, come. And yeah, you enjoyed amazing. It. Yeah, it was so good. Ari Port. Yeah, it was so funny afterwards. It was great. That's what we were just talking about. I was just like, oh my God. <laughs> worst thing to do on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I, the worst and the best thing, I guess. So we have a thousand trillion questions for you. Um, but I would like to start with a very random question that has nothing to do with you personally, but more of like advice. Prostate milking. What the fuck is Good that? Good opener. Is it fun? Have you done it? You need is an opening fun? to get to the prostate. So How you- can you do it? Uh, yeah, my transitions are like, so let's talk about dicks. Like, yeah. I don't transition yeah, yeah, very yeah. well. <laughs> what do you know about prostate milking that you could share and how do you do it? And is it fun? Um, I've never done it. And I've never seen it done to anyone. I've seen videos. Who hasn't seen videos? And I'm sure half your <laughs> audience is Googling prostate <laughs> I haven't milking right seen now. A, I haven't seen a video but yet. It, it's a kind of like, 
usually you hear about it in the context of BDSM humiliation play with somebody who's keeping a guy in chastity, maybe wearing a CB6000 cock cage, a male chastity device, where the guy will claim, or perhaps it's a biological reality for some guys that, you know, if he hasn't come in a couple of weeks, his prostate will start to ache because there's all this spunk sort of building up in there, parked in there. And theoretically, and I guess in practice, because I've seen the videos, you can massage someone's prostate. And if you do it enough, I don't know how many times you have to rub that lamp before the genie comes out, but if you do it enough, um, the semen that's built up in there, the seminal fluid will leak out of his dick. So it's a way of like relieving a guy of his sort of blue balls, swollen prostate without giving him the pleasure of an orgasm. Through his ass, through his anus. Yes. Wow. That's very interesting. If I wanted to learn how to like do it right, I guess I could just watch an instructional video. Yeah, you could Google it. There's yeah. there's plenty. Google prostate milking, chastity, and I don't know, slave, and tons of stuff will pop up. <laughs> Is this something that you're looking into doing? When I yeah. when Christina like sends me, she sends me emails with topics. We send each other emails, and I was like, what the fuck do you need to know that for? Just I mean, I know. like to learn as well, but that but was it's very specific niche interest. It's for somebody who wants right. to you know ejaculate basically without having the pleasures of, of coming or climaxing. Right. So it's usually performed in the context of some sort of dom-sub relationship yeah. where one person is like taking all their sexual pleasure and sort of lording it over this other person that they can come whenever they want to, male or female, mm-hmm. and you don't get to come at all. And in fact, the, at the times when I let you see your pathetic semen, it was <laughs> drawn from you without you driving any pleasure at all. Okay, that does, okay. That, does, that sounds better. Still interested. When you explained it. That's Still not, interested in not, I, I'm, I'm more into it now. <laughs> okay. Well, we, Did we, you hear that, men of New York? There's a line oh, outside the building by the oh, time. Yeah. Oh, brother, you don't even know. Um, <laughs> so uh, we usually start out with like talking about our own personal lives, but we, we saved it because I was like, we have the guru of advice, and I personally need some advice. Do you need advice, Christina? I really wanted advice. <laughs> Oh, well, do I do? I do want to talk about the porn star stuff. What you want to know is where you can get a prostate gland of your own now. (laughs) Yeah, that kind of sounds fun. So, um, no, it's the opposite of fun. It's it's, it's designed to not be fun. That's the whole point. It's fun fun for the the milker. It's not fun for the the milker. Yeah, that's true. You would have to be. (laughs) The word milking is so not sexy. Unless it's like a milkmaid, maybe that would be sexy. I don't know. That was from like an old maid deck of cards I had when I was like four. Wow, okay. bringing it back. Thank you. Um, so we, we 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 developed this concept. I think last week we developed a concept. It's called the tear of sluttiness. Um, and we, we don't use that word on this podcast, but this particular week we did. Because uh, I'm seeing someone who's like 15 years older than me. And it's definitely like an, it's an monogamish relationship. Um, Which almost all relationships are. It's just most people don't know it. Re- yeah, because I know. Because I was listening. most people? act on it or in their mind it's monogamous like meaning they can go off in their well, mind and... well, when you look on the stats on infidelity right and some people have such a broad and all-encompassing and frankly castrating notion of what monogamy means and they'll define monogamy as you don't look at porn you don't masturbate thinking oh. about anybody else like yeah. crazy i used bullshit to think like that, that when i was little when I was little, when I was 16, I yelled at my boyfriend for looking at porn. And I was like, we had an episode called this. I was like, why can't you just jerk off to me? And now I like love looking at porn with my boyfriend. It's one of my favorite things in the world. So it's interesting how that evolves. I feel like if you have a boyfriend who does jerk off to you, you've like hit the jackpot. Because like, it, even sometimes. I like when guys are turned on by someone else who isn't me. No, I'm not saying all the time because then there's something wrong. Yeah. Because then no, it's no, like, no, no. why are you with me? <laughs> You're like, oh, you just jerk <laughs> off to me. Um, you know, he's about 15 years older and he, yeah, he's, he's, 
I usually am like the more sexually explorative one in the relationship, but he is definitely the he, the more him. He's just been around longer. He introduced this thing where we'll be having sex, and he'll tell me about the other stuff that he's done with other people. And it turns you on to in hear the time. It. Yes, and I didn't. I never would have thought that until he introduced it, and I was like, I really like this. Uh, but then recently he told me something uh in bed that was cool and then later on i got more details about it because we were like going to a place that she worked at like a place that he frequents and i didn't know this like this is a place he goes every day like a a coffee shop and uh and there she was so he was like well do you want to come in and he was like and i was like why wouldn't i and he was like well that girl might be here and i was like does she work there and then he was like, yeah, because he had told me she he met her there. And I was like, mm. no, no, no. This is someone you're going to see like every day, possibly okay. two times a day. What's the problem? Well, <laughs> are you serious? Is he fucking her now? Does no. he want to fuck her now? I don't know. But it's like it makes me weirded out. And then he and he kind of explained the whole situation. And there was a lot of like romantic qualities. It's a to straight it. person problem. You, it you, you, is. is this really? It's Why total bullshit that? straight person. Because you yeah, guys have the luxury because there's so many fucking straight people in the world. Ninety. <laughs> plus percent of everybody right you have the luxury of saying you're not allowed to ever see this person again it's is like that... gay land is so small that oh, we don't no. have the luxury of like exiling people because your boy your current boyfriend fuck that person once but is it because right. the gay world is so small or is it because you guys are just more relaxed about that shit like uh, just more like accepting i have a lot of gay theory, friends that are so relaxed sense. no i was gonna say young gay people tend to not be relaxed yeah. about it the, yeah. the okay. longer you're gay the longer you're out the more relationships that you have the, eventually it dawns on you that you can't play these kind of insecure bullshit straight people games because there's not enough of us. My ex-boyfriend right. cuts my son's and my husband's hair. Okay. And we yeah. hang out. And when I'm in Chicago, I have dinner always with my other ex-boyfriend. Uh-huh. And it's just, it's not an issue. It can't it's be. It's not, it's not an issue for us, not because we're like better and smarter and braver, mm-hmm. although we are. It's not an issue for us <laughs> because it can't be an issue for us. It's not. Right. It was never even an issue for you. No, uh, when I was young and insecure, oh, okay. so it was an there issue. There was at one point. But you grow out of it because you can't exile people the way straight people insist on their current partners exiling Oh, yeah, yeah, people. yeah. No, it's, I wish I, I could change my mind about that whole notion. Of, it's more the romantic thing that, like, the romantic qualities of the of the the beginning that, that Of the encounter. That, of the count, encounter, yeah. Like, romantic kissing and stuff. I don't care. I'm like, you can go get a blowjob from anyone. I really don't care about that stuff. In fact, better someone else than me. But um, That's a hurdle for a lot of people, even in open or monogamous relationships, is right. seeing their partner have feelings for someone. Yeah. yeah. I prefer to see my partner if, well, Terry doesn't like me to talk about him, but you know, I think in general, people should err on the side of fucking around with people they like, mm-hmm. right. as opposed to treating people like, objects or yeah mm-hmm. like what are the f- fleshlights or boxes of kleenex right i don't you know i would rather people that they're that, that, you know friends with benefits starts with the word friends mm-hmm. and you right. should be friendly mm-hmm. and a lot of people go out of their way to be shitty to people that they have uh, nsa sex with oh yeah no no, no. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of people will be shitty to someone that you know they're in a non-monogamous relationship and right they're dumb and they're doing it wrong i'm just gonna say you're doing it wrong and to demonstrate to their primary partners their commitment they will be shitty to the people that they see on the side or the people they've had one-offs with and i just think that's crap doesn't make sense yeah okay. you don't that's not necessary no. it's not a necessary part of the equation oh yeah no i hate when people are mean to, to other people for no reason that's ridiculous but it's not for no reason people think they have to communicate like to def- their current partner that oh she's not a threat see how, right. see how badly i treat her right clearly not a threat like the world needs less of that and so if you're in an open relationship you have to be down with seeing your partner be nice to somebody they had sex with. Right. Be, be into them. You, you know, you, 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 we can have an open relationship. You can fuck anybody you want as long as you don't like them. 
That doesn't make any sense. No, I'm actually. How a can friend. you not? How yeah. can you hate yeah, everyone no, you fuck? Why would I'm you want to friends fuck with you a hate? girl he had sex with, and I'm like, she, she's really cool, and that's not, and that's not a problem for me. Yeah, I guess it was just like the, I, and it's also like because it's in a different state. It's like I, I mean, like a close state, but all right, I just can't, get, I can't get too detailed. <laughs> can we, can we ask you more about your relationship? Um, the, and the term monogamish, I think, is you're the first. I mean, you're the, you coined that term, yeah. and it was the first time I have ever heard of that idea of could you define it for us the way you define it well i you know i backed into it um or i, or I pulled it out of my ass one day because <laughs> terry and i are together 20 years we have a teenage son that we adopted at right. birth and we're a gay male couple when you're a gay male couple and you say you are not monogamous people assume a level of outside sexual contact promiscuity recklessness frankly mm-hmm. that just wasn't true of our lives even other gay people will assume a degree of sort of sexual adventuring that wasn't true of us. We were much more monogamous than not. We were mostly monogamous. We mm-hmm. were monogamish is kind of how I came up with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, to say we're not monogamous makes it sound like we hardly ever have sex together. Right. When we almost always only have sex together. Right. And right. every once in a while. So that's what it means. But, it, you know, it can mean anything because monogamous means one thing. And it's always the same. Here are two people who only fuck each other. Right. Not monogamous or monogamish. Everybody has different rules, setups, what's permissible, impermissible, affection, poly, three ways, don't ask, don't tell agreements. Like yeah. monogamish mm-hmm. is always different and unique. The stipu- yeah, the stipulations and the rules and the limitations are always right. different for every couple. So I came up with the word because saying not we were not monogamous, Terry and I, felt like it was inaccurate or right. it was leading people to make the wrong assumptions about us. But if, for the first few years of your relationship, you were monogamous. Monogamous, monogamous yes. I can't even <laughs> say the word anymore. It like, doesn't even exist. I'm like, yeah. monogamous. Uh, how, how is that transition? And the reason I ask you that is because my boyfriend and I, uh, one of the, I've never met someone who just speaks about sex so intelligently and casually. He's actually the one who turned me on to your podcast. And ever since then, I was hooked. And he talks <laughs> about sex the way you do. He used to date a porn star before, you, he, right before he dated me. He's in the room. I know. Hi, Steven. Okay, just so you know. I didn't uh, know if you realized. No, I knew he's in the room. You. I just didn't, uh, the audience, I don't know. I don't want to confuse him. Our whole thing is, we're, we're like, we're going to pretend they're not here. Anyway, so... But the idea of, we both kind of agreed when we started dating that the idea of monogamy and the fact of you're fucking one person for the rest of your life doesn't make sense, doesn't feel natural, just doesn't. It's not natural. Right. And so the fact that we both agree on that makes me like weight lifted off of my shoulders because the idea of spending forever with him just seems that more exciting because it's, it's never, it doesn't impose limitations on you. Exactly. You know, there's, there are upsides to monogamy and I'm always in a rush to acknowledge them so that people don't think I'm just taking a shit on monogamy every day Mm -hmm. around paternity. That kid is yours. Uh, around, you know, protection from disease. You know, when you're not monogamous, you are signing up for greater risk of sexually transmitted infections. And if mm-hmm. you can't deal with that and you can't be an adult if or when that happens to you, then not monogamy is not for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and emotional security for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. There are downsides, though, around boredom, resentment, being taken for granted, the death of sexual adventure. You know, there's this interview that, um, right. what's her name? Brad, Mrs. Brad Pitt. Angelina Angelina Jolie. Angelina Jolie. <laughs> she gave this interview where she said, you know, when I was younger and I was wild and I had lesbian, I was lesbian sex and I'm bi and I did S&M, but now I'm with Brad and all that's in the past. And I just thought, how sad for Ooh, Brad yeah. that marriage means the end of adventure, possibility, yeah. kink, yeah. playfulness. If we define commitment to mean that sex drive of yours, which if you're male or female or, or, or a sentient is crazy and takes you in crazy places and you have these weird fun desires and this desire for new experiences and variety all of that 
is snuffed out. All that uh, ends at the altar. No wonder people you gotta keep the adventure. Don't marry. Yeah, well, have I mean, sexual adventures together. That's like, is that a straight thing? I feel like straight couples. One, they don't communicate with each other as much. Why? I don't understand that, and I because but I'm guilty ha- of that. Because you didn't have to look your mom in the eye when you were 15 and say I put dicks in my mouth. <laughs> if you tell your parents, you know, you go. I'm, yeah, I, I, I had to go to my mom right and say. Right. Mom, I, I suck dicks. And that's, you know, I said, I'm gay. And what she saw were like dicks flying into my mouth, right? <laughs> Just like soaring from the sky. Yeah. And once you say that to your mom, saying anything else to your boyfriend is not as scary. I should talk to my mom. Well, and that right there, I mean, that, I don't talk. <laughs> I don't talk to my mom. We don't even talk about it. No, it's not Never just saying you put dicks in your mouth because she right. expects you to put dicks I in your mouth because you're a girl. I think she's aware of that. But with our, there was the, the amount of communication when I was younger. When I first told her I had sex, and she asked me, I had a boyfriend at the time. We were safe about it. She asked me, I didn't lie. Mm-hmm. She walked out of the restaurant we were at and didn't talk to me for a few weeks. Uh, yeah. So that's the relationship. So it's like, how old were you? T- I was 15. Wow. Yeah, I'd been dating my boyfriend three months. The day I got my braces off, got it in. <laughs> yeah, got those teeth. Anyway, yeah. So I, I wonder if that has anything to do. I did. It does. You know, you're set to a certain degree of sexual honesty. Like closeted gay people aren't set to sexual honesty and truth Oh God, no! I live but with one. Openly gay, really? Brutal. Does he listen? Uh, I hope not. Anyway, I hate him. Wait. <laughs> He's a horrible. My the one who wore the cape in Williamsburg. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, oh, that, that guy was the a one? jerk. Yeah. One person wore a cape in Williamsburg. I thought that was a thing. <laughs> one person in her apartment. One person in many, my apartment. Many people. Many people in the Williamsburg flew around in capes <laughs> and are flying around. No, but that explains why I spend so much time with gay men because I explained it to you. You're like, oh, I took Christina to a gay club. She was like, why don't I hang out here all the time? I was like, was why do best. you think I only hang out here? Because it's the one place where I feel free, not judged. I hate feeling judged. Not that anyone loves it, but I like really, really hate it. Yeah. Um, you and know what? The way straight wait, men wait, judge wait. women. This like that. idea that gay bars are this judgment free zone? They're, for only women. <laughs> Unless for only you're women. Gay. Yeah. I know. If I you're know. a gay guy, you're screwed. That's the irony. I go to straight bars oh, yeah. to feel not judged. Exactly. <laughs> to feel not really? scrutinized. Most judgmental place for gay men. I mean, please don't even walk yeah. in there unless yeah. you have a six pack. Oh, there's all kinds dear, of fights going on that God. we have no idea about. <laughs> but I, I, I say this to my, like, I, I meet straight women, like, oh, gay men are all so nice. Why can't straight men? No, they're not. No, they're nice because they don't want to put their dick in you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you were a gay dude, they would not be nice to you. It's super hostile. It's I know. so nice when a guy doesn't want to put put his dick in you. <laughs> it really is. Well, I mean, unless you want his dick in you, then right? It's less then it's nice. like that's a different story. But like to walk into <laughs> to walk into a bar filled with men with the music that I want to hear and everyone's dancing, having a good time, and no one's trying to fuck me. That but what is if, but, insane. But, you know, but if you wanted to get fucked that night, and you're trapped in this then room I full go of home fags. And- Steven. Oh, well, there it is. Uh, so easy. So he's good for something. <laughs> no, I've taken him to, we went to a gay bar on New Year's Eve. We did. Uh, after, and he's he, the uh, toast of the town. He was actually talking about how he wishes that w- straight women would be as upfront about how they feel. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the straight men always say that until a woman is that upfront, and then they run <laughs> screaming. Crazy. Oh, yeah. I'm, I think we all know that that doesn't work for me. I mean, like, I'm very upfront, and it's horrible, and that's you why. You be upfront and polite about it, and, like, smooth. You could be, but I'm. Straight women don't usually not. tell men. <laughs> Like how they if they're attracted to them, it's usually it's always the guy hitting on them. Yeah, women can hit women. Sh- women should hit on. Well, guys. we proved the point, lad. When I fucked Craig Mahoney. Yeah, 
So that yeah, was you great. did. <laughs> so for, as far as the tier, this is sorry. This is for the list. <laughs> we had a guest on our live podcast uh, two weeks ago, and we were just talking about like oh, how hot he him? is. Uh-huh. She she did because she. Wow. I just aggressively hit on him, and then I was like, oh, okay, and then I invited him out, and I was, and he didn't know this, but I was like, I'm not going home until we have sex tonight, and then we did. <laughs> is he? Did he sign some sort of uh, release form that allowed you to talk about this? Yeah, he was on the podcast. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah, yeah, he didn't mind. Yeah, he loves it. He got more Twitter followers. He's ecstatic. When you said he got more, tw- I thought you were going to say. T- he got more twat. He got more twat. So much more twat after that. Oh man. He actually probably Holy did. Shit. Twitter twat, the best kind. Oh yeah, I think he did. He's some fans are tweeting at him. But do you think, for as far as like the tier of sluttiness, how important do you think that someone is on the same level sexually as you? Like, uh, in far, uh, do you think it can someone can be like a lot more prudish and it still work out? Or how important is this same well, sexual? I, I know for a fact that someone can be a lot more prudish and can work out because uh-huh. my husband was a lot more prudish okay. when we got together. Uh, and you kind of, you kind of held his hand and yeah. were you ever prude were you me? ever prude well I was you know I was a catholic boy of course I was a prude That's, yeah. and, the, and that tension is fun you know sometimes I the first time you know I was young and just becoming sexually active first time a guy like lifted up my arm in bed and started licking my armpit I thought he was the most disgusting human being on the <laughs> earth <laughs> how interesting I couldn't believe that someone would do something so vile yeah and, uh, you know, now that's good morning, honey. That's the first time someone ever licked my ass. I was like, why would you ever? And now I'm like, please. <laughs> so it's like, your armpit. You, you really changed. Why don't you milk my pretend prostate with your actual tongue? <gasps> so interesting. Hmm. Okay. So, so, you know, people grow and change. And some people right. who are less experienced, you know, the, the trick with someone who's less experienced is, you know, sometimes they resent or they fear the more experienced partner. And sometimes right. they're like, teach me, teach me, teach me. And that's yeah. what you want. You want someone who's like, teach me, teach me, teach me. Yeah. So if they're on different levels. If I feel because I feel a mix of that. I feel a little when you're dating someone, you know, you ever date someone who's just like that Don Juan type. Like it's just a person who who just panties like, drop. Yeah. When he walks in the room. Or boxers drop when he walks yeah. in the room, you know, dirty and, thrift store underwear drops when he walks in the room. <laughs> and I'm pretty self-confident. But I mean, there I, I mean, there's only so much a human being can handle. You know, I'm still human mm-hmm. so it's just very hard when literally so your boyfriend walks in the room everyone wants to fuck him that's tough i have i my have you seen my husband i, I see you though you guys are yeah, both super hot well, dude no my husband you got is it going like, on dan kind of nuts insanely hot and you know we walk you know if we're out of town and we go to a gay bar like he has that effect on people oh uh-huh. yeah. underwear drops uh-huh all around us does it uh make you proud like make you kind of like yeah i know <laughs> yeah, that's what like, I would do. I'd it be like, yeah, tur- it, you know, it turns me on. It's yeah. not like here's my hot car or anything. Right, <laughs> right. It's not an object. <laughs> right. Not, okay. Know. It can be annoying for him sometimes, though, because sometimes he doesn't want to have that effect on people. Right, and, and it's out of his control. Sometimes he gets hit on. You know, it would be wonderful if everywhere you went, everyone wanted to fuck you. If everywhere you went, you wanted to fuck everyone. Right. If it was on your terms. <laughs> right. But he goes. You know, sometimes people who are that who have that effect on people are surrounded by people that they wish would pull their underwear back. Up. Right. Yeah. yeah that that's is, true. That's yes. <laughs> a lot of women I know. Yeah. You walk in, you're like, no, please, not today. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Uh, all those poor hot baristas who deal with it all day long. <laughs> Male and female. Yeah. Who are in this position of having to be like sort of smiley nice, which is misinterpreted as flirty oh, ass. Oh, yeah. Oh, tell me. Yeah. That. And then no. you have to like, all right, pull your fucking pants up. Yeah, you got to go through that. <laughs> that's again. why I'm just not nice to people. But like, I wanted to ask you though, with the monogamy, because you weren't. You were monogamous uh, in the beginning of a relationship. Then it was introduced. Years, yeah. yeah. I, so I was saying the idea of of not fucking one person for the rest of my life is is really cool. And it's nice to have be on the same page. 
totally when i was 16 never i was one of those like i'll cut you with a knife if you cheat on me <laughs> like the right. well you know that's and that's that, how terry was at the beginning of our relationship yeah so that, that's why i want to ask you like how do you i don't have any interest in sleeping with anybody else right now i'm still that's like a wonderful sign. madly madly in love and like i don't want you know like we'll go to strip clubs and it'll be like that's <laughs> adventurous for us and it's not that adventurous mm -hmm. but that's just enough like you know he'll get a lap dance I'm like ooh let's go and so that's fun but how do you I guess when it gets introduced it's natural it comes at the time where you want it to happen right my personal experience and anecdotal evidence from the successful long term mostly gay monogamous relationships that I've observed is that there's a period at the start of effortless monogamy where there's this desire to not sleep with anybody else or you know this even this awareness that you could but no desire to mm -hmm. and then it transitions into a kind of openness that's not about oh we're not into each other anymore we're not attracted to each other anymore so now we're going to fuck other people and stay together because we're good partners or a pair or I like you or we live together or we have a mortgage what seems to happen is this transition to we've we've poured this cement foundation that is so strong and we're still both so into each other but we've been fucking for four or five years. And here's a way to like throw a log on the fire. It might be mm -hmm. someone else's log. We're going to throw a log on the fire. Mm -hmm. And it's that this sense in these successful, I think, monogamous couples that I've, you know, known and uh, been a part of, this sense of bringing in sort of, or, or like going to that strip club. You guys yeah. are on a sexual adventure together. It's erotically charged and, and it reignites your passion mm -hmm. for each other. And there have been times, you know, where something's going on and you look at each other and think, I'm so glad that I'm with you right now. This wouldn't be happening if we weren't together. Right. And right. Th that's, those are wonderful kind of moments. unfolds naturally and like the limits yeah. of that sexually charged, uh, maybe it's a strip club and then five years later it's a swingers party or maybe it, the, the or levels change. Or, it evolves just like, right. don't, don't watch moments, porn. And when the, yeah, the don't watch porn thing is crazy. That's when the moment happens, yeah. you'll know it. The And this is anecdotal. Someone needs to actually study this and spend the money but no one ever will because you know there isn't money in this kind of sex research mm -hmm. but anecdotally the people i know who had open relationships where they were both fucking other people right at the start like we're together that's but my question yeah those don't last right mm -hmm. and i don't know why that is mm -hmm. and i don't think lasting is the gold standard like i think short-term relationships can be successful relationships yeah absolutely defining learn all something from every relationship right. so. and, and you know two people come together they're together for however long they're together and then they they move on and they both outlive the relationship and if they're they liked each other they learned they grew they're still friends or friendly how's that not a success I mean, does it always have to end yeah. in a funeral home for a relationship to be right. a success somebody died yay for you successful yeah. relationship right yeah. So I know people who like are together, you know, come together and I don't want to judge them because it didn't like become a forever relationship, but most people are looking for a forever relationship. Right. And the ones where people are not monogamous out of the gate don't seem to be forever, but maybe those people don't want forever. And so it's an unfair standard. By so it doesn't make relationship. Right, right, right. Is that what you, because you, that was what I was going to ask actually. Yes. Art wouldn't be monog monogamous at all. Like you would be monogamish going into it right I, can't he, be not, I mean I've been in he, I've been in a five-year relationship I've been in a two-year relationship where I didn't I had no interest in having sex with anyone else like my last my last breakup which uh ruined my life uh yeah that's one of the reasons why this podcast started that's why my boyfriend used to do porn star I couldn't handle it. I got really jealous I was like let's do this podcast and I got dumped uh by the love of my life in a Panera bread so that oh, was fun ruining I, a chain of restaurants <laughs> I, I everywhere know. you go you I was kind of so ruined it for me too not, not you know I was I really 
like the cream of chicken and wild rice soup. <laughs> it took me a year to eat it again. But I, I've eaten it. And I, and I just a couple weeks ago, I ran into this person a year after we hadn't seen. He's has a new girlfriend, lives with this girlfriend. Like, I, he's definitely going to marry this girl. Like, I know, I know it. Uh, and I had a mental breakdown. You can't marry her if you have him killed. <laughs> Don't encourage her because she will do things. No, I would never do that. I would never do that. Could have been worse. You could have broken up with you in a Starbucks, which there are many more of. Or, <laughs> oh, or that, don't ruin Starbucks. Backseat of a yellow cab everywhere <laughs> oh, you go in fucking New York City. Can't I take know. Cab. We're in the subway. I can't, know. Can't well, a subway. cab, I feel like, would be a very New York-y place to get dumped. So many fights happen in cabs, you know? Like Sarah Jessica Parker would get dumped it's, in a cab. It's totally know? SJPP, yeah. <laughs> um, but I don't know. It's it's fine. I'm, uh, I'll get I'll get past it. Everyone's tired of hearing me, bitch. Literally. <laughs> everyone. That, I never... I've never so seen sick. someone go through such a horrible breakup before. Have you Have you had those breakups where you're just devastated and want to die? Yeah. How and what you... is your advice? We have a lot of young listeners who may have not even gone through that first terrible breakup. What the hell? I mean, I what we all do? know time. What? Well, you wallow. You yeah. eat ice cream. You go to the gym. It's, yes. it's amazing how like healing it is like exercise. I, I don't want to be like a body fascist faggot about it, but <laughs> go to the goddamn gym. Yeah. And, you know, be a, be annoying to your friends for a while, but after like Check. a month, suck it the fuck up. Yeah. A month, really? A month or two. You say for like, every year, a month of grieving. Yeah, every year a month of grieving, but then at a certain point you have to like fake it fake that you're oh, fine yeah, and yeah. then go through the motions and then that you know the more you go through the motions that you're fine the finer you feel mm-hmm. and it's just important to remember if you're listening and you're young as I like to say on my podcast every relationship you are ever going to be in is going to fail until one doesn't mm-hmm. and you don't know which one that is mm-hmm. until you're dead or he, that person is dead and you're like well oh. successful relationship <laughs> Bummer. And, and it's good to have some failed relationships under your belt in your 20s. You actually want to have that. Yeah, I always think it's weird when you just kind of go with that first person and I'm like, maybe you'll go back to that person, but just like someone you meet when you're like like 17, that's weird. I think that's weird. Yeah. I had a really ugly breakup right before I met Terry Uh um, where I I did the dumping, but I was devastated and my ex-boyfriend ran out and sucked a million dicks. (laughs) We all grieve in our own way. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. totally. We were still living together and that made it kind of awkward. Um, and I didn't go out for three months. I wouldn't. I was mm-hmm. just really bummed because I had just turned thirty and I was in this relationship for a year. And I was like, I'm always going to be single. Uh, why can't I do this? And the very first night I went out after my period of uh, wallowing in self pity and eating ice cream and going to the gym, um, I met Terry on the dance floor. So you just never wow. know. I think that's just very like that's very much like you. You gave yourself exactly the amount of time, and when you were ready, kind of like you just feel like this. Oh, like I'm like oh, the, the sun, sun is shining shine. again. Like, I gave water. myself three months, three times more time than I give other people. We were <laughs> for a year, and I took three months off. Oh yeah, God! Well, the problem with me was I was having sex with my ex for like once a month for like six months after, after the breakup. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, that it was never gonna. It was completely destructive. I I know this, but I was like I I am. I, I'm not. Re- I'm very sexual, but there's few times when I'm like so sexually attracted. To, I cannot even. I've had that even before. now. You feel like a slave I fuck to him right them. now. Like I know I shouldn't be going over his house at three in the morning yeah. because it's degrading to me as a person. But I'm not gonna not do it. But it's, it's gonna hot. happen. Yeah. And the sex was is the break after you I broke guess up. It's so good. The sex mm-hmm. is so good. Putting candles on. Putting oh, on nine inch music. nails. Oh, it's well, great. That's yeah. That's my right. thing. That's I really like that. Somebody asked me at a college lecture appearance once. <laughs> one of the questions was, are facials hot or are they degrading? Uh huh. And I said, yes. <laughs> so like that's you perfect. feeling degraded by going over it. 
still fucking kind of hot, hot to be yeah. on the hook like that for yeah. someone to feel that alive to feel that even sexually controlled in a controlled way like you right. weren't doing anything reckless or dangerous I chose to go there right, right. hopefully you weren't being exploited or abused in no. this context but no. you knew that it was a bad idea you knew right. that you would never get from him what you were wanted from him entirely but mm-hmm. you were willing to sort of humiliate yourself and yeah. settle for the dick like that's in a way that's kind of fucking that's hot kind of, does that stem or is it a dumb question that i asked like is that stem from something desire or what about like what about those uh like there's porn out there that are that's just the woman just getting hit in the face or getting like p- the clothes pins or the oh, and then she porn. cry but the cry this is i've never watched snm porn until recently the crying afterwards but enjoying it is very confusing to watch because I'm like, how? If it's not your thing, it's it going to be very. Confusing but it's enjoyable to, to that person, yes. right? There they are people enjoy pain, and there are people who enjoy that kind of release. An emotional pain. It looked. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Because I think that I think that's kind of hot. I think I was. I'm more on board with that because I earlier before I was like, I would like someone to cut me just a little bit. And Christina was like, what? And I was like, just a little bit. I don't want to die. <laughs> like just a little blood. <sighs> I don't know. It's like it's that that kind of like that. I don't know the pain, danger, not danger. There's like a little like how much can you take kind of a thing. Yeah, I I, I see. I see how that. And it's doing it together with someone you trust. Yeah, someone you trust, and that all body sort of endorphin release. Like that. Those endorphins of people who run marathons talk about. It's a 26 mile. They've shat themselves. They're in terrible pain. They cross the finish line. They collapse. They cry. And they're really, like, what they endured, what they put themselves through, they're kind of proud of it. And nobody right. says to them, you're a fucking sicko. Look what you just did. Right. Because it's not sex. When it's tied to sex, <laughs> that kind of, like, pushing your physical yeah. limits, endurance, pain, sobbing, shitting yourself. Add sex and suddenly it's not okay. Yeah. Suddenly it's it's pathological. Right. Take the sex out and it's the Boston Marathon. Uh, <laughs> and it's just uh, sex negative double standards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you keep your cool so well? When they, like you talk about these, th- I get so fucking angry at the beginning of your podcast. You talk about all of these religious rights activists and all of these people like protesting a gay soldier's funeral. I, that th- and sometimes those, protesting me. And, yeah, protesting you. Gee, uh, people on the news talking about you all the time. I when people like with our podcast, like we get people like, hey, those These guys are whores. Yeah. yeah, whatever. Like I don't give a shit. That's actually hilarious to me. I like I enjoy reading those. Any press is good press. Yeah. Uh, I love when people take the time to. <laughs> To send me an email to call me a fag. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for taking that out of your day. You're like, uh, no, I know. But those things like protesting, if you, like, and people protesting your talk psychologist, how do it's you. It's never religious righties who protest my talk psychologist. It's left wing, radical, queer, LGBT students who protest. Me. Oh, really? Because I'm biphobic and transphobic and a rape apologist, which I am fucking not in any of those cases, not any one of those three things. And they scream and yell at me. So they they take your words out of context. Absolutely. Okay. You know, you've been giving advice for 25 years in a, in a column that's essentially pretty much a jokey and where I allow people to use the language that they would use to talk about them. And also, like, you sometimes get into positions where you have to take a side and take a position and then some people don't like it and or they rip something from context. Mm-hmm. One of the things that floats around out there is I told someone who had PTSD that I called her a shitbag. Uh, this is a person who created a sign-off. Every sign-off in Savage Love becomes an acronym in the response. Her sign-off became PTSD. She didn't have a diagnosed case of post-traumatic stress disorder. Right. And it's just bullshit. Bullshit yeah. flops around out there. But you keep your cool about it and you handle it with grace and humor and wit. And I wonder, have you always been like that? Have you always <laughs> taken the, that like the world's hatred and just shittiness and 
I guess just being Catholic kind of sets you up for it. Really? I, it, do, it didn't. It, it you know sometimes it gets to me, especially when it, I feel like it's unfair and it's relentless. Yeah. Um, there's some things that have been completely removed from context where they get slapped up on a poster in a college before I speak there, and then I literally stand up there and I read the entire column out so you can have this in context, and it's right. clearly not saying what people are claiming that I said. People right. take what they want to take and they make a story about and it. And it gets annoying and tiresome. Yeah. But does it like keep me up at night, ruin my sleep? Right. Does it give me erectile dysfunction? Does it <laughs> make my husband ugly? No, it doesn't do any of those things. So right. it's like, yeah, 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 I'm doing just fine. Yeah. That's at the end of the day, I'm doing just fine. Well, I, I was listening to the Aisha Tyler podcast you did, the Girl on Guy podcast. I, I'm a big fan of her podcast. As am I. And um, you guys were talking about something. She mentioned kind of how like you're provocative and like you're pushing the, pushing the envelope to make a point. And that's what I think our main goal with this. I'm, I'm not saying that everyone should do a, a podcast where they interview guys they had sex with. Not saying uh, that at all. It has really affected our lives in a yeah. real way. And just to, for cl- clarification, <laughs> I haven't had sex with no, either of you. No, no. Dan has <laughs> not had sex with either one. He hates, he doesn't want to eat pussy. Yeah. I heard your if whole. you're listening, Terry. <laughs> I heard the whole thing. No <laughs> pussy eating for you. Um, and I don't know if you're missing out or not. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you know one day. Uh, but, uh, and, and so I thought that was a very interesting concept because I, I believe like you, you have to just push the envelope to make a point, to you make to people jump up listen. and down and wave your hands in the air a little bit mm-hmm. to, to get noticed. Right. And so do you feel that was, that was a, like a positive thing that you did? Like you think it really, obviously it made a difference. Like, are you a fan of this or? Uh, of podcasting? Pushing, or of pushing the envelope. Well, I don't think I'm pushing the envelope. It's not like I sit around going, what can I say or write? Or, I just say what I think. And right. Particularly honest. 25 years ago when I started, 23 years ago when I started writing Savage Love. Right. Nobody wrote about sex. Right. In the newspaper using the language people actually use when they talked about sex with their friends. Uh-huh. That you, when you wrote about sex in the newspaper, there was sort of this Sanskrit no. you had to use this other language that was very formal and medical, and you weren't allowed to say things like, three ways are fun. (laughs) You weren't allowed to say things like, sometimes, you know, having sex with somebody on impulse that you don't know their name can lead to a loving and lasting and fun and kick-ass relationship. So more just about being, like, brutally honest. Yeah, being, and I just... And thinking things through. Like, there are times I've said thing, the wrong thing or oh, yeah, le- left to the wrong conclusion or, um, you know, asexuality was something I was like, what the fuck is this when it first became, it first broke as an idea. And I was skeptical and thinking through it out loud on, in my column, on my podcast. And now I'm sort of down with it. Mm-hmm. And it, was, it wasn't like I was intentionally trying to provoke the asexual community, which I wasn't even aware of its existence mm-hmm. prior to the founding of AVN, uh, the Asexual Visibility and Education Network. Um, just like saying what I thought which was what no no way no it's asexual and then the more I learned about it the more people got in my face about it it's like all right, some of you are asexual and really mad yeah (laughs) okay I hear you god damn it I'm a sexual does talking about sex so much take away actually having sex for you no it doesn't take away the pleasure of because I found once we started the podcast and we just all we did was talk about sex and then yeah. the podcast we got like a lot of fans and they just want to talk about sex with us which is cool and I, that's what I want to talk about but then it's like oh that specialness so sex seems like homework kind of not material. not really but it, it lost a little bit of lust in the beginning when we were just talking about it all well the I think time. it's also because part of getting on the podcast is having sex with us so then we were just inundated with uh, emails uh, <laughs> like yo no. you fuck and I was like how do I get on this podcast yes yeah, so like, if right. I if I hear a joke about that again mm-hmm. like it's I think it's just exhausting it's it's more because how, how many times have you gotten email is that something that happens a lot you get a lot of emails like hey you want to fuck like is that a thing um, I have a sort of different relationship with my listeners, particularly now. You know, uh, I wasn't podcasting 23 years ago because there weren't podcasts 23 years ago. Right. 
Uh, so when I was sort of younger and more in, embedded in the demographic of Savage Love, like mm-hmm. my readers tend to be high school, college age, and 20s and early 30s, right. and listeners. Um, so now I'm sort of this almost parental figure. You like, are. You're very intimidating, uncle, I will say. Uncle Dan, as yeah. opposed to maybe I could fuck this guy, Dan. I mean, it gets hit on a little <laughs> bit, um, but uh, not nearly as much as I would like. I was going to say, do you want to get hit on more? But, but, but I would think you get hit on all the time. I, honestly, because no, I, it's so it's it's a turn. Like my boyfriend and I, when we first first ever met, we ta- he talked about sex very similar to the way you talked about sex, and it was such a new idea that totally turned me on. I was like, I'm gonna fuck this guy. I mean, I, I get hit on some. I get hit on. <laughs> I think it's it has fun. to do with the intimidation factor because it's like you are are this you know n- now notorious sex pert. So that's a lot. That's a lot. That's scary. Sex I've is also scary. been no Doctor Ruth. I've You're... also been partnered for twenty years. Right. So you know when I, the, the, that three year window when I was writing sex love and dating Mm -hmm. and and, you know had a one-year relationship I would sometimes you know some guy would ask me out and then he would be really sexually aggressive and awful in weird ways because he would figure he figured that's what I wanted because I wrote that crazy column and so of course I've done everything in it Mm. which I haven't and don't have any interest in doing everything that I write about cunnilingus for Christ's sake and (laughs) and that was awkward but you know I'm perceived as married parent uh, wise elder in some ways, <laughs> which is, none of those are sort of particularly sexy roles. Uh-uh. Well, and I'm sexy. fine with it. And I don't write, you know, we're talking about it today, but I don't usually write or talk about my own sex life mm-hmm. per Terry's uh, fatwa. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, we get, we get that. Here. I feel like that's my maybe where that maybe a little bit of staleness came in was because we we're talking about our personal sex lives. Beware of that. Yeah. People ask me how come, you know, my sex column still exists. And Anka Renkovich's from Details in the 90s is gone, and Sex in the City is gone. Like, there was this explosion of sex columns in the 90s, most written by women. Mm. And the reason they all sort of fell away, uh, and some people were just done writing their sex column. It wasn't like people got fired from jobs they wanted. Um, you know, uh, Sex in the City writer lady moved on. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of them, you know, died early deaths because the writer wrote about their sex life. And so eventually you break faith with the reader because the reader senses you're not legitimately having these experiences or relationships. You're just out there in New York City fucking for material. Right. And so right. It's fake. The it's- reader would pick up on the sort of uh, get a sense of a dishonesty. They're being gamed. Right. And because my column, thanks to Terry, I stopped writing about my own sex life. <laughs> it's had this longevity. Yeah. Because right. it's not about me or my dick. It's about you guys and your clits and dicks. Right. Mm-hmm. Those get questions for days. Man. So is uh, what else do I had a question on the tip of my tongue. Well, so speaking of people writing in and all that kind of stuff uh, along that lines, oh. we we have we get a lot of emails that are very per- they comments on the SoundCloud. Those are like whatever you know things that everyone can read, and then a couple times a week we'll get a very long very personal email we've made it very clear we are not experts we are not doctors we're just two gals talking about sex in new york uh so from time to time we get something that's disturbing we don't know how to handle suicidal type uh, emails how i'm sure you have gotten the same how how do you handle that oh it's well, first of all, you know, the only you look up advice in the dictionary and it says opinion about what could or should be done. The only qualification you need to give advice is somebody asked. Mm-hmm. Right. So don't be hesitant to share your perspective or your wisdom. Right. And it's not uh, binding arbitration. So if your head is in your ass, they don't have to do what you said. Mm-hmm. Um, you get sometimes disturbing emails. I try to write people back. I get yeah. 5,000 emails a week. It's more email than I can sometimes keep up with and read. Um, 
I, uh, you know, sometimes I will look for an email on my stack and I'll find one from six months ago from someone who's like standing on the ledge, someone who needs a priest and a fireman and a cop and not me. And I think, God, I hope it worked out for you because I didn't see this when it came in. Um, And you just have to trust that people who send you those emails, sometimes it helps them to lay that all out and think it through in the the composition of the email, Mm -hmm. um, which often I hear. Like, I'll hear from people a couple years later, I wrote you, you didn't write back, you didn't use my question, but writing the question really helped me and here's where I am now. Just thought you'd like to know. Like, oh, okay. Then I go find the original (laughs) email and read them both together. Um, You can't let it uh, terrorize you and you can't let it you can't have your heart broken by it or you can't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, Nathaniel Hawthorne wrote Miss Lonely Hearts, which might be a good thing for you guys to read. Okay. Yeah. We'll do it. Is it Nathaniel Hawthorne? I may have my head in my ass. Miss Lonely Hearts is the book? I think so. Okay. I should Google it. <laughs> we'll Google it after. But it's about a, a guy who writes a, a an agony at column and eventually gets so sort of emotionally invested and wrapped up and in his reader's problems that he's kind of paralyzed yeah it's not like we're staying up nights about it I don't think I just I don't want to affect him in a negative this person in a negative way and I you know and I and I genuinely like I don't really know how to handle I mean I can definitely give my opinion like you said that's not a problem have some suicide hotline numbers handy right Mm -hmm. say this is like above my pay grade and I ache for you please call people who know what they're doing when it comes to this exactly Hmm. Okay. No, I know you, you talked, do you mind? I know you mentioned that you were never really suicidal, but like for like a, like a little, little bit, a tiny bit, a yeah. tiny bit. Can, can you elaborate on that a little bit? Well, I was the good boy and you know, Catholic family. And I was the youngest son of, there were four of us. I had a younger sister, but I was youngest boy. And it was a long time ago, you know, I'm almost 50 years old. Mm-hmm. So this is the late seventies, early eighties. And I just knew that if I told my parents that I was gay, it would kill them. So I thought the good boy thing to do would be kill myself. Mm-hmm. It had been communicated to me in a, you know many small ways that my parents might prefer to have a dead kid than a gay kid. Really? Mm. Well, that's a lot. And so I thought, you know, there was, a, there was a brief time where I thought I can never tell them and so I'm going to have to kill myself because I can't have sex with girls all my life and I can't I can't bring myself to lie to some poor woman a Mrs. Haggard all her life right and I'm not really gonna be a priest now because I don't believe in any of this bullshit anymore mm-hmm. and then uh and then I you know that passed and I didn't leap off of anything so that's all I just you never attempted or just it was no just no a, I never just kind of like a little thought in your mind yeah suicidal ideation they call it I, right I definitely had suicidal ideation but I never acted on it because I feel like I, the thing is like for me I never wanted to commit suicide I mean there have been moments I when I'm like about it I sometimes. want like oh that'd be nice if I wasn't here but uh, I never that thing about it, like I, 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 I heard so bad I want to die but I've never been like I am going to you know you know what I think about now is I am the only gay guy in America who is not allowed to commit suicide <laughs> imagine so like yes. the founder of the it gets better project <laughs> kills himself oh, that no. story what a domino effect <laughs> I know so it does not- I will never kill myself I'm like a lazy depressant like I want a bus to swerve and hit me but I'm not gonna jump in front of the bus <laughs> you know what I'm saying that feels good like, you know that's I mean ugh. I want to suffocate to death in a rimming accident <laughs> that's how I want to go <laughs> what's the can I ask you about your sex life sure or and you, then I'll decide if I can talk about yeah, it yeah absolutely and we can always you know if there's nothing you want if you don't want to talk about it, we just we could like I could talk about it and then there could just be the skip that the the listeners don't get to hear what I told you and you just edit it out and they can yeah. be like, oh my god yeah they just guess. and then people can come up to you and ask you in bars what I said <laughs> that would be fun <laughs> Uh, is your sex life kinky, vanilla, a mixture of both? What do you got? What do you got going on? I, 
Um, it is, it is a, it, it's both. Like it's a mix. Yeah. Like we both have our you know, kinks. Flows. All men have kinks, uh, you know, and we both have our fair share and we're both GGG. You know, GGG isn't something that I invented. Um, uh, my, you know, my advice for people is to be good giving and game, good and bad, um, giving of pleasure and game for anything dot, dot, dot within reason. Right. Um, that is certainly something that Terry and I had put in practice in our own lives before I started urging my readers to do it. Mm-hmm. So if, if like you're, if Terry wants to do something and you're like, Ooh, maybe, and you kind of neutral about it, you would suggest like along the terms of GGG, just do it. Like just try and experiment and do. Yeah. I mean the, the problem that a lot of people have, particularly young people, uh, when it comes to an, you know, an out there unexpected sexual request is the sex negativity is so deeply ingrained in us causes us to go, ew, yuck, no, instead of, oh, really? Tell me more. And you would be surprised later in life when you look back, like that 16-year-old who that I was who freaked out when a guy licked my armpits and I thought he was a disgusting pervert. (laughs) The things I enjoy now, (laughs) that if you had suggested to me then, I would have been appalled. So, you know, you you acclimate, you get used to things, you become more sexually adventurous, you get more comfortable in your own skin, you you stop policing your desires and fantasies in this self-controlling, negative, awful way. Yeah. And you kind of grow sexually over your life. And, and that's one of the compensations for aging. Like, you're not as hot, but you're having hotter and better and crazier sex usually. And the sex gets better and better and better with age, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, no, yeah. I was like, I don't know about that. If you prioritize <laughs> well, it. I, right. I certainly think the sex that I have now is better than the sex I was having at 29. Yeah, right. But I'm having sex with Terry, who is uh, who I'm crazy in love with, and yeah. we're very sexually compatible and on the same page on so so much mm-hmm. that you know we lucked out. We both I feel like I won the sex lottery with Terry. Like Terry walked into my life, and I was like, oh my god, I have been masturbating about you Aww. since I was 13, and you just appeared before. My theory is that the person, if you're a man, the person you really desire most in the world will materialize in front of you at that moment that you've ejaculated their weight in semen. That's so you just have to keep metaphor. jacking off about that one sort of mental image of that person. Ah, I just jacked off a Steven just perfectly <laughs> with the glasses. Oh, that's so exciting. I have a lot of jacking off to do because my guy's fat. <laughs> <laughs> I like the chubsters. Um, but are we kinky? Are we vanilla? Yes, we're both. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we're pretty sexually adventurous and we've prioritized uh, pleasure and compassion and meeting each other's needs and recognizing needs that can't be met by mm-hmm. either of us and a tiny bit of outsourcing now and then. Was there ever a lack of communication in your sex life with like in the beginning of your relationship? Because I feel like I, I want to help people who don't communicate, mostly straight people, it seems. Stephen is the first person I met that I could really openly communicate what I wanted in bed with. And mm-hmm. I know that sounds crazy, but and usually it, the I just hesitation, didn't feel comfortable. The, usu- with... the hesitation usually is, I fear rejection. Yeah, that being I, judged. Yeah, being judged. And you should you should rush toward rejection. You don't want to betray bad it's judgment. Yeah. Be, you know, blurting out, I'm you know into bondage or I want you to pee in my mouth. <laughs> On the first date, yeah. even if that person's into bondage and likes to pee in people's mouths, that person's going to be like, you have no common sense that you would yeah. say that. Right. Even though I would love to do that to you, but I don't want to do that to you now because you're an idiot. Yeah. Because yeah. people want to be with partners who have some fucking common sense. Yeah. And also yeah, are a little cool bit cool. Yeah, yeah. Have some game. Yeah, exactly. Have a swag. Yeah. Have a swag more than that. <laughs> yeah. But that said, you know, you reach a certain point where you're in for a penny and for a pound. This person may be someone you're going to be with for a long time. If they can't meet your needs... You should be anxious to be rid of them so that you can move on and find the person 
who can? Do you suggest- and so to say, like, these are the things that turn me on at a certain point, uh, you know, have vanilla sex, do whatever, prove that you're like sane and fun and good at regular sex, which is going to be most of the sex that you have. Even if you have a dungeon in your house, most of the sex you have is going to be vanilla sex just because of logistics and time constraints. Right. <laughs> but at a certain point, lay it out. And if they're like, I'm not, no, like, all right, bye. Right. So communicate it first, like try and talk to the other person. And yeah, like, well, this is something that I feel like I would be, you know, ease it in. I think people sweat. yeah, too often uh, but if just it's not brush compatible. aside the sexual compatibility. Like, I'm like, yes. It's so important. It's Why would you so... possibly be like, but we like the same movies and we like to go to the same concerts. What the fuck are you talking about? I don't know if it's about? possible to have a loving relationship without any sexual compatibility, romantic relationship. Oh, there are people who are in long-term committed, romantic, intimate relationships where there's very little or no sex at all. Oh, yeah. And, and I don't think... okay with that. And they're okay. both satisfied and neither is unhappy. And so those of us who are in relationships where sex is prioritized, we shouldn't tell those people that there's something wrong with them or wrong with their relationships. And we do. The culture does. It says, if you're not fucking like crazy at 25 or 30 years, that your, your marriage is a lie and a sham and it's dead inside. Yeah. And it's just not true. Right. Like, it depends on what makes you happy at whatever stage of life you're at. And there are people that sex is very important to, I think, all around this table. Right. And there are yes. people that sex is not important to at all. And that's okay. And yeah, some people are just less, yeah. Find it's all the pressure. Everyone has so much, put so much pressure on themselves, especially with sex. I feel like, because so, so many people have written into us like, I'm scared to tell him what I want. He's going to think I'm a whore if I tell him I want to do this. I'm like, oh. Tell him, tell him, tell him, breaks tell him. my heart. Like, yeah, and if someone thinks you're a whore, bye-bye. You know what breaks my heart? The flip side of that with a dude where the girlfriend begged and pressured and wheedled and cajoled him into telling her his deepest, darkest secret fantasies. And what she wanted to hear was, I want to light a thousand little tea candles in our apartment <laughs> and throw rose petals in the tub, just like Ross did for Rachel on that episode oh, of brother. Friends that you saw when you were 13. And she, he'll, he'll finally Sorry, tell her, I, shit in your mouth. <laughs> I want you to pee on me. And she'll freak the fuck out. Ladies, Aww. guys are like testosterone-soaked dick monsters. And a lot of ma- male fantasies are really kind of like dark and disturbing and weird. Same with female fantasies. Right. Fifty Shades of Fucking Great. The trick, the difference yeah. between young, straight people, guys know what their kinks are at 15 and they've been jacking off about them for three or four years already. Really? Women seem to come into their kinks later in life. Why do guys know them earlier? I think it's about sexual peak. And this is just me yanking a theory out of yeah. my ass. Guys sit their sexual peak at as teenage boys and the box the, the box that's got the normal label on it can't contain all of desire, passion, weirdnesses and it springs these really interesting links. And women hit their sexual peaks in their late 20s, early 30s and suddenly there's this ferocity to female desire then. Interesting. That there isn't. And, and so, that's such a huge, 15 and 30, that's a huge. It's another sign that difference. men and women are fundamentally sexually incompatible and yeah. it goes to be gay. They kind of are. Or women should marry 15-year-old boys. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe. Some have. Uh, or tried. I I, I kind of do. I was thinking that the other day. Like, are men and women incompatible sexually? I kind of think everyone is. Like, it's just, there's always going to be. There, no one's ever going to be on the exact Well, that's true in a same-sex same relationship, page. too. It's just the advantage of being in same-sex relationship. Again, if you've told your mother the truth about being a cocksucker, you're not going to, like, fuck around with lying to your boyfriend or put up with being lied to by your boyfriend. And there's a lot of like game playing in straight land. There is. Oh, there's all, I gotta be cool. I gotta be. There's game playing in gay land too, but it's a, it's a, a, more a different straight. flavor. I've noticed it too. I kind of noticed it too. I mean, your, your, your friends, your gay friends are so honest with what they want. They get what they want. And I just believe really me. There's a lot, that. there's a lot of turmoil in, uh, in, yeah. my, in my gay friends land. Though. It, it can be a double edged sword. Like yeah. some gay people can be too glib. It can come too easy to them. 
you know, I'm old enough to remember <laughs> the 80s when everyone <laughs> fucked each other to death, literally. Right. Um, so that ease with which uh, gay men can get dick, it's hard for straight guys to get pussy. It's yeah. hard. And, and, you know, straight guys write to me and they, they, you know, they wail and moan about this fact. And why are women less sort of sexually adventurous, more reserved? Well, rape pregnancy, sexually transmitted infections go easier from male to female than female to male. All the negative consequences of... And there's so many guys trying to fuck them all the time. Well, there's a scarcity problem. That's why there are so many more... That's why there's a... You know, sex workers are almost always women meeting the needs of men. There's this supply and demand problem. There's Mm -hmm. an oversupply of dick and an undersupply of pussy. And that's the culture that, that, that hammers it into women, that they're the keepers of the monogamous flame. And it shuts down female sexuality in this way that's very damaging, I think, to opposite-sex relationships. And it is pre- a lot of pressure. That's I, why girls I've get into clubs that. free and men got to pay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the whole thing. Well, we talked about communication and relationships. I'm a big fan of, like, not you don't got to know everything about me. And I know you have said that a relationship is not a deposition. And I was like, thank God. Because I'm not, I don't lie to people, but I mean, there's just something. You have your own secrets. You don't need to. I feel like we have this thing where we'll tell someone everything, but it's more relieving your own guilt nine times out of 10 when you're just going to be end up hurting that person by telling them everything. Right. Or it's sadism masquerading as honesty. I'm mm-hmm. just being honest. Sadism masquerading, as, you know, emotional sadism, not fun, consensual sadism, <laughs> masquerading as, as, you know, a quality or uh-huh. a, a fine characteristic. I'm just being honest. I'm just being honest. As that I tell you these things that are destroying you, I'm just being honest. Yeah. So do you have like kind reason. of like a, a, a test in your head like that you say, like, is this something I need to share? Is this something not? How do you differentiate between those things? Especially if it's something that could hurt another person. It's a case-by-case basis. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have HIV, there's yes. going to be a moment you have to disclose. And you yeah, should disclose true. prior to becoming intimate. Um, you know, if you there's a lot to say about that. But, and there are other things like I did sex work for a couple years in college. Mm. Do your friends know? Do you have ex-boyfriends who know who are furious about, at you for dumping them? Are, is there someone who'll see a wedding announcement in the paper and send, you know, cached uh, Google pages uh, of your old ads to your current fiance? Well, then you might need to disclose that. Right. But if you did it and nobody on earth knows and you didn't tell anybody, that may be a secret that you can take to the grave. It's okay to let somebody love a sort of slightly fictionalized version of you. He's in love with somebody who would never do sex work. I don't sex work. <laughs> He'll never know that. And he doesn't right. need to know that. And you can let him love the like slightly idealized version of you because you're loving a slightly idealized version of him. When two people meet, they lie to each other. Uh-huh. Everyone puts on their best face, their best look, they got their best game. Yeah. Yeah. And then you get to know the person behind that facade and you treat that in a loving working relationship you treat that person as if they're the lie they trotted out that night you met Mm -hmm. and then they have to live up to that lie a little bit so even though you can see the cracks even though you know they're not all everything they've presented themselves to be you invest in that fiction Mm -hmm. and it's kind of a courtesy that you do each other it makes you better people over the long term as you're pulled hopefully closer toward Mm. your best ish self Mm -hmm. and you know that they're not who you think they are or who you you know suspend your disbelief and pretend they are and you know that they're doing the same thing for you mm-hmm. and it's kind of beautiful it is and yeah. it's i think it's important to keep to to keep working towards that or working at that a little as your relationship goes goes on like you can't just get lazy all of a sudden and just 
be sloppy and not care and just you yeah. know everywhere you, you want to take it. each other for granted yeah exactly like I, I i sometimes i'll feel myself getting a little sloppy like just eh, i don't care i don't you know but then it's like you know my man, I want to look hot. Like, let's go out to dinner. I want to let's wear get some rid of this heels. pubic hair and get out to dinner. Yeah, it's like shave, shave my take vagina. Off your I'm gonna shave my vagina and my leg. Yeah, the leg shaving thing like kind of goes out the window a little bit. When See, that's dating. the one thing I never let go. I'm always the legs are always shaved because it I, bothers me. Sometimes it's uncomfortable yeah. to sleep. Sometimes I don't care. I'm like, well, he doesn't really care. But then it's like, you know what? No, I want to be smooth. And also, I just never want to hear anyone take a shit ever. You know, that's unavoidable. <laughs> you can't avoid that. There, never. there are hotels in Europe you can never stay in <laughs> because the toilet is basically in the room. I've done, I've done a pretty good job in, in long-term relationships of just avoiding. I'm like, oh, I'll go down the Shit the happens. Hall. I'll go down the hallway. I'm going to take a shit and throw it out the window. I'll be back. <laughs> yeah. Guys, matches, they really do work. Yeah. I will say that. Yeah, matches are beautiful. Thing. I went a long time of my life covered. just using Lysol. No, matches. <laughs> I, I'm with you, kind of. Like. Do you don't? Do you fart in front of boyfriends? No, I do. Oh, the Mm-mm. second Steven's ever had a girlfriend fart in front of him, and the second that I did, because I just I'll fart in front of a guy. I don't care. But after a certain period of time, he was so excited. Some guys will pay you to fart. In front yeah. Of him. <laughs> Shit, I should. You I can. Know, you can money. monetize those farts. Shit, that's a good idea, Dan. I think I'm gonna do that. And yeah, so when I did though, it's like, oh, yay, you're normal. You're not pretending to be perfect all the time, and that's awesome. I, I think, think I was with Terry for 15 years before I could fart in front Are of him. Are you serious? Whereas he was farting in front of me like 30 seconds after we met. <laughs> Some and people that are just turn not you into the farting. It's just it's charming. Maybe I don't think it's charming, but <laughs> neither do I. I don't. Uh, well, my family like don't, they'll burp in front of each other at like you know Christmas, <laughs> and I'm like, no, why are we doing that? Like you know the, the danger okay. of the danger Family's of farting smart. in front of each other is that you get so comfortable farting in front of each other and then you'll be with him and you'll Cause fart because you're together and then you realize, oh, I'm at a dinner party and I just did this. Like, you, you have to always remember. That's like, so you, true. You do this Some... association where, oh, I can fart in front of you and then you forget that yeah. you're just like other people in the room. Yeah, I've totally oh. done that before. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I've totally done that because then you're like, oh, now I'm used to comfort- comfortably farting in front of a person. You made and this Pavlovian like, association. Not CVS when you're waiting yeah, exactly. at your birth control oh, line. Yeah, yeah. That's rude. Birth control you won't need. Then. Yeah, yeah. Definitely not in CBS. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I got to stop farting in public. <laughs> All right. I think we are wrapping up, right? Yeah. Oh. Is there anything you yeah, want to say? Yeah, is there anything that you I love We have to you. Just have to be conscious of time. Yeah. Oh. We're like, we wanted to sit down for like three hours. I love being oh, in New York because everybody's so hot. Right? Like, New York's just such a great place to You're hot. To look You're at really people. hot. Oh, Pisha. No, no I'm serious. We were, I'm like, that was like the first thing that we said. How old are you? 26. 28. I am old enough. I was matter. ejaculating before either of you even were born. Hotter. I yeah, could even be hotter. your dad. Perfect. Thank you. Let's go. <laughs> Let's, Let's, do it. Do it. Let's do it. Uh, yeah, I, beautiful, being surrounded by beautiful people in New York actually makes me feel more beautiful. Like, I love. Well, it's being like you have to step your people. game up. Yeah. Just like keep it, keep it together. And I, that's nice. I, I, yeah, I like to be on your surrounded toes. by motivated people who give a shit. Like I don't who give a good fuck, fashion. but there's like a there's a different. In the air, in yeah, exactly. That just isn't in the air in Cleveland. And it's not even, you know, it's not even in the it's air not. in LA. I, th- I like lost weight. The first time I went to LA, I lost weight. I got my nails done. And I was like, <laughs> people in New York look a thousand times better. Everyone was walking around with like juicy couture well, on their butt. People in LA, in New York, everywhere you go, you're on the street. You're like, you're out in public. You're, and you're in LA, you're in a car. Yeah, you're you're always on display i can't go like when i go to the deli in my pjs i feel like an asshole like i'm like oh who's gonna see me i don't know the emperor's state Building's right there let's get my game i was gonna say they don't serve asshole the deli i go to i go to the (laughs) deli in my pjs i feel like an asshole but it's not (laughs) on the board well you know sometimes you feel like an asshole um do you have any closing statements any things that you like to say this is like a motto i live by this is how i fuck 
This is uh, something I've never told anyone else in the world. <laughs> An exclusive. I don't know. Guys, we've oh my god, I've been running my mouth in public for so I know I was like, like yeah, yeah, time what what is to be said that has not been said. I got nothing. One of the questions I was like, Oh Steven, do you have maybe you know, I'm putting together questions for Dan? He goes, Yeah, I wonder if he thinks what you're doing is healthy. <laughs> Like having this, like interviewing every guy. That's an interesting closing statement, actually. Yeah. Do you think Do you think this is healthy? Is it where? Uh, I think it's it's ballsy, over easy. I I, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> really? Like, I, I like. Yes, we're doing something Dan Savage. Wow. I like to. Uh, I, I don't think the guys I fuck should ever uh, speak in public <laughs> about it. Um, particularly, particularly once I fucked when I wasn't very good at it. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it's true. It's always fun to learn to, to recall those times. Like I'm better. I'm better. I swear. You wouldn't do it, huh? No, but you know, I'll tell you what, uh, when my ex-boyfriend hears this podcast, I'll let him know that if he wants to come on the show and be interviewed about having fucked me. <gasps> wow. Yeah, he's more than welcome to. Or maybe Terry. <gasps> Terry doesn't let me talk about our sex life in public, but maybe he would talk this about is his, about This is his opportunity. No, Terry, what up? <laughs> you don't have to. <laughs> the, the idea of Terry in front of a live microphone just gives me a oh, really? panic attack. Oh, really? He's never, never, just never done that? I had Steven It's not on. that he's never done it. It's that he never should. Oh, why? Because he talks. Because he has no filter. And... Oh, that's wonderful. That's we beautiful. Love him. That's our favorite kind of he's guest. He's a welcomed guest. Yes, anytime. Uh, well, then you can come and uh, be outside our house and disperse the picket line after <laughs> Terry's on your oh, show. I will Brother. disperse some picket lines. We will. We'll fly. We, ha- we do have a place to stay in Seattle, actually. Oh, we do? Yeah. Yay. Remember? No. Will Clark. Oh, the guy who emailed us. Someone yeah, yeah, emailed yeah. us and was like, if you ever want to come to Hump in Seattle, you could stay at He's my house. He's a former gay male porn star. Oh, okay. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's so nice. I love him. He's great. Me too. Yeah. Come to Hump in Seattle. HumpSeattle.com. People should uh, submit to Hump. How long is it hump. going on? Oh, and the cool thing about Hump that I really love that I, I didn't, wasn't aware of that I kind of like want to do it now. No one, the, those porn videos aren't online. That no one can see them. You really are. You make sure no one in the You're audience a porn star for has the weekend, a phone. As you said. No one can take out their phone during, even to text or even to look at their right. phone. I think that it, you create such a safe environment for the people submitting videos. I'm like, okay. That's what video. has always sort of driven up <laughs> yeah. in Seattle and Portland. It's this amateur porn festival. Uh, all the films are five minutes or less. It's amazing what someone can do with five minutes. People create yeah. really sexy, interesting, yeah. hot, funny stuff. films. There's the humor was amazing. But the idea is uh, we wanted to, you know, to encourage people to take part in it who didn't want to, you know, who otherwise might not do porn because they don't want their great-grandchildren to see their tits online right. someday. Or their forever. colleagues or coworkers or siblings or parents right now. So we police the theaters. Everyone has to put their phones away. We take people's phones. You know, we have bouncers who will grab your phone. You have fake audience in members. In we have fake audience it. members That's who awesome. are looking sideways. Uh, and we haven't had a leak in all these nine years. Uh, and people literally, you know, I know people who are uh, lawyers and teachers and, uh, you know, people in positions uh, where they could really get in trouble if they had porn online who have participated in Hump and loved it because they have this exhibitionist sort of thing in their soul and they have nowhere to express it. Right. And they'll sit in a theater with a th- 500 people and watch themselves in this porno oh, and just have God. such a blast. Wow. That sounds so, yeah, you're giving that such a unique opportunity. And to watch, I was so impressed. These people were great yeah. in the movies. I know, because I was like, I was like, is this one of those things where I'm going to be like, oh, we should really leave it to the professionals? And I didn't feel, I felt, Not at I was all. like, this is better than a lot of the porn it was I've romantic watched in well, real life. It was... And the thing that I love about Hump every year is that it does something that, and I have friends who are mainstream porn stars. Trenton Ducati, hello, Trenton. <laughs> um, I have friends who are porn stars. There's a lot of great commercial porn out there, but the line that Hump, 
filmmakers seem to be able to walk and it's everything from like actual filmmakers lynn shelton the indie filmmaker made a hump submission one year to like people making films on their phones with a couple of friends that have won awards but people seem to be able to make the films funny and hot at the same time that there's this humanity in the merging of humor and sexiness that is usually how we experience sex in our own lives Mm -hmm. like you could be having sex and it's hot for like 10 minutes in a row and kind of intense and then something happens you both have a laugh and you dive right back in and that's what so many of the hump films are like yeah that was oh that was amazing i was so impressed guys humptour.com is it still going on right yeah it's we're still adding more cities all around the country and uh if you go to humptour.com and click on submit you can find out how to submit unlike a lot of short indie film festivals there's no charge to enter. I'm always amazed at people who make you pay to enter a film right. in their film festival. It is 18 and up, though, I'm guessing, right? Uh, yeah, I think it's 21. Oh, it might be 18. Okay. Um, and there are $10,000 worth of prizes. Usually about 20, 24 films make it into Hump. And there's a $5,000 best in show prize, $1,000 best kink, $1,000 best humor, $1,000 best uh, sex, because not all the films have sex in them. Some of them are erotica or animation, right. mm-hmm. uh, and a $1,000 uh, jury award. So there's $10,000 in prizes at Hump. And so, and if you make it in, if your film makes it in, you basically have like a one in four shot of walking away with some money. That's dope. That's awesome. And having an audience see you fuck on camera and then the knowledge. That's a reward enough right there. It it, it really is. And with the the knowledge, it's a unique thing. With the knowledge of it's not going to get leaked on the internet. No one else is going to see it. That's the problem. We we say we'll do our best. Of course. Because we we police the audience to take it really seriously. But we can't guarantee that some asshole won't attempt to take a photo or something, right? But it's never happened. Like, right. Because you're intimidating, that's why. It was, <laughs> you were I did not want to fuck with you. You were standing right next to me, and I was like, I I had to put my phone away because I was like, still holding it. I didn't know there was going to be this this thing, and I was like, oh, if he sees me, I'm going to get hurt. I'm so scared. <laughs> I'm so scared right now. Uh, we grabbed a phone from someone at the New York screening. Oh, uh, oh really? And she came out and thought, I'll be, I was just Snapchatting a picture. Like, Dude, what? what are you talking Doesn't about? There's a time okay. and place for that, my friend. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. <laughs> They're like, yeah. no phones, no pictures, no video rule applies also to Snapchatting, you fucking moron. <laughs> Hopefully she's a listener, you fucking moron. <laughs> and also, why are you Snapchatting? It's all about Instagram. Yeah. Come on. Yes, it's I'm Snapchat. In- no, I don't like Snapchat. It's well, she thought it would be okay to maybe surreptitiously take a picture of the porn if she Snapchatted it because then there wouldn't be a away. permanent yeah. photo. But of course, somebody can do a screen. I was like, yeah, if you have an iPhone, come on. It's technology, people. people. All right, anyway, uh, check out Hump Tour online. Uh, Also, you can follow Dan on uh, Twitter at FakeDanSavage. Is that correct? I'm good, Mm -hmm. right? And you can follow us at Sorry About Last Night. It's S R Y About Last N Y T. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being a guest. We were so excited. This was a goal. (laughs) I was so, you're a dream guest. Oh, well, thanks. You're one of the reasons why I was so excited to do embark on this podcast because I was like, oh, shit, do I want to do this? (laughs) And then I was like, you know what? Yeah, I do. Positive. We are so glad uh, we did. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening, guys. We'll uh, talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.